This episode of 90 Day Fiance Cray Cray does contain adult content. Hey everybody, welcome to 90 Day Fiance Cray Cray. I'm Kim and I've been watching this show since before Danielle bought her first evidence binder. And I'm Kyle and Kim, you know, we have been in quarantine for a while. Have you, have you put on weight? I haven't put on weight, but I didn't shave my fucking legs today in solidarity <laughs> with Rose. My you beard know, is you, getting crazier and crazier, so, yeah. You know, Kyle, you know what women really want is that when we bang a guy for the first time, we want them to ask us to change something about our body immediately the next morning. But I thought that all that women wanted was your finest bottle of champagne <laughs> delivered post-haste. A nation is outraged about Ed. I, I I have so much to say. I could talk about Ed and Rose for two hours today. Do you remember when it was clear that Ed thought this show would be good for his career? Yes. He was sending us marketing materials or, or trying to. Trying yeah. to. We didn't accept them. But he he had he thought that this would be good for him and, and show him in a positive light. He thinks Ed is a quintessential nice, like guy that thinks he's a nice guy, but he's not, he's just a creepy, he, he has this white savior complex. I mean, there's, there is a lot going on here. I have so much to say. I want to unpack all of it, but he's not a nice guy. He's creepy. No. He's totally, there is a power and balance in this relationship. I am so disturbed. I really want to be lighthearted and have fun, and we will. But there is some problematic things happening in that Ed and Rose relationship, which we'll get into. 100%. I also would like to announce that I, I don't know if it's because of quarantine or what, but I bit the bullet and I started refollowing. Cause I, I have a habit of unfollowing almost everyone except like Jennifer uh, after the season's over, because I frankly find them all incredibly boring. But, you know, I refollowed a bunch of people in the last few days, and I have to say, I have a lot of evidence. So Good. maybe yeah. maybe I have to bite the bullet for you guys and, and keep following these freaking losers. <laughs> I, I have some incredible news that I didn't really know. I I know I'm going to sound like an idiot for refollowing these people, but... The season six cast, they're still fighting. They're still it's fighting. It's incredible. All yeah. the time. Constantly. There was so much fighting. Season six is the reason we will never talk to cast at, during the season ever again. Or we really learned our lesson. During any season that they're <laughs> on the show. Um, <sighs> before we get into evidence, what were your overall thoughts on this episode? Well, um, I... <sighs> I thought that the Stephanie and Erica fight, I don't know, man. I, I thought it was finally some good drama. But on the other hand, I have such a hard time buying their entire storyline that I'm not sure how to feel about it. I'm excited to talk to you about it. I fucking hate the Yolanda storyline. It's <laughs> so bad that it is. I'm officially declaring it worse than Marta. Oh, no. Nothing's worse than Marta. Worse than Marta. You know why it's worse than Marta? Because they're dragging it out way yeah. longer. At least Marta, Marta was only three was like episodes. Two ep yeah, it was like two and a half episodes done. 
wrap that shit up. And for those of you who don't remember who the hell Marta is, you shouldn't. It was you shouldn't. It was a a woman that worked at a strip club. She was supposed she was Catholic and had two kids and had a boyfriend uh, who was very conservative Muslim. And I don't remember what country he was from. I think Tunisia. Um, yeah, and he and or she no was Algeria, Algeria. It was Algeria. Anyway, for those of you who don't remember, she made an appearance and like they hyped it so much, and she was in three episodes, and like there were two and then they scenes, and, and they broke happened. up. <laughs> they broke up, the and that was it. Thing ever, yeah. Um, baby, uh, baby girl visa. Uh, <laughs> super proud of of Usman. Um, good job, Usman. We're we're team Soja Boy. This Ed scene might be the most revolting thing that I've seen on this show. I am going to put a I'm putting a I'm I'm putting a stake in the ground. These scenes with Ed, not just the one, the yeah. like two or three that there were are the most revolting thing I've ever seen on this show for so many reasons that we'll talk about. And Jesse has been on this show. I thought the, overall this is a great episode. I mean, and the, the I Tom had and Darcy feelings. stuff. This Tom yeah. and Darcy stuff was uh, out of control. A lot to, to to unpack there for sure. So much happened. So much happened. And so, if we don't get to Yolanda, don't reach out to me and be like, "You skipped Yolanda," because I don't care. She There's sucks. So much so other interesting stupid. stuff to talk about. The only part of it that was funny was the Gmail auto reply suggestions to that email screenshot where the email auto reply suggestions to that email she got were, who are you? Where are you from? <laughs> At, because she is doesn't like this is a complete bullshit scam. And even the Gmail AI knows it. Yeah, totally. So really quickly before we get into evidence, um, Thank you for all the messages you've been sending me on Instagram. Um, you know, we're, we're doing our best to deliver as much content as we can. You know, during this quarantine, we're recording remotely. I've received just a lot of really nice messages. Um, I love getting messages from nurses and other healthcare workers saying that you're listening to the podcast yeah, on your commute awesome. or during, during your really long shifts that you have right now. Thank you. You're on the front lines. We really appreciate all of you. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm so behind. I, I still have about 500 messages to get through on Instagram. I'm slowly trying to work my way through. So, um, if I haven't responded to you, I will get there eventually, but, um, yeah, th- thank you. It really makes my day to hear from you all. And then if you haven't heard, we have temporarily shut down our store because I just, th- there was just too many supply issues. Stuff was getting there like weeks late. People not getting stuff shipped to them. So I just shut it down. Um, if you are one of our Patreon Biggie supporters or uh, we otherwise owe you something uh, from the store, I promise you will get it when when things start to get back to normal. Also, I have been considering some Tiger King merch, but I'm scared of Carol Baskins. <laughs> We're so. still scared of Carol Baskin. We'll see. Carol fucking Baskin. Carol fucking right. Baskins. <laughs> We're reviewing Tiger King on our Patreon for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about. All right, let's hop into evidence. Do you want to start with Jesse Meester? <laughs> His Amazon book review, Fortin. This, w- please, please start out, Kyle, with the Amazon book review, Fortin. 
What is this book called? Is it intermittent fasting? Something about intermittent fasting plus his uh, applied psychology. So I, you know, this is one of those things where I, I have mixed feelings about it. Jesse sucks. I'm sure his book is complete bullshit because uh, he is, I just don't believe that he is qualified to write a book about fasting, but whatever. I don't care. Is it something that I read the reviews that are horrible and I laugh? Absolutely. But it's one of those things where like, I I could never wish that on someone because people leave us completely bizarre reviews all the time. That makes no sense. And sometimes it's clear that they literally listen to the wrong podcast. We have gotten (laughs) like, we have gotten reviews like seriously, we have gotten reviews for 90 day gays and, and vice versa. I'm sure. So it's just, you know, I, I can't wish bad reviews when people haven't actually purchased the book, but they are like pretty when fu- they're personal. Like they when they're are like, pretty I don't like this funny. person. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that's undeserved, but I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. He sucks and his book is probably incredibly stupid and you should not buy it just so you can leave a review. So Was he but he was fighting he, he basically posted a story on Instagram like threatening legal action for well, people yeah. who are leaving bad reviews, right? And that's and that's the reason why I don't feel bad for him. Like I would not take time out of my day to leave a review for a book I haven't read, no matter who it was. Yeah, However, I, I can't feel bad for him at all because he threatens legal action against people for leaving Amazon reviews and just like dude, that's just not how it works dude and if you're going to get into that game that's that comes with the territory if you're a public figure didn't it, people were also giving Jesse a ton of shit about like his whole last week we discussed Jesse's proclamation about how he yeah. was donating these masks that he had previously purchased um, in anticipation that the price of the masks or the value of the masks would go up. And then he said, oh, I'm going to donate them. Well, um, some someone in particular weighed in on this. Oh, some John. cunt, some cunt bought medical grade N95 masks to resell. Fact. Price gouging cunts like him contributed to those who needed the mask being able to, unable to buy them. Horrorist people die because others were holding masks. Fact. It's pretentious, pretentious as fuck giving him away like a concerned citizen. So, <laughs> sometimes, uh, this is a profound quote from John. Sometimes arsonists set fires to put them out and be the hero. Wow, that is that's probably I, the most profound thing John Walters has ever said. And that is 100% applicable to this bullshit. It he literally really bought the mass with the intention of reselling them. And then when it got bad, he's like, oh, I, I'm do- my, my team and I are donating them. Fuck you. Look, I'm all about a good business opportunity, but when t- in a global pandemic is not the time to be looking to profit from medical supplies. If you want to profit and you have enough money to buy shit, like invest in 3M stock or Teladoc sure. stock, you dumbass. Yeah. Shut up. It's really gross. Even Lita was like making comments about it, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> She's pretty like, pretty bad. <laughs> this guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else Jesse related? Uh, you know, there was a picture of 
uh, someone in our Patreon group posted a picture of him that was clearly a professionally taken photo of him getting out of a cab in New York City. And the caption was, uh, when your date is uh, three hours late or something like that, as if it was a candid photo. Like, everything about him is so fucking awful and scripted and bizarre. You know, there's somehow there's yet a fourth thing about Jesse this week. <laughs> please. Do you remember please. what it is? No. They fucking showed a tweet from Jesse Meester on CNN during Anderson Cooper asking if he could wear like a fucking World War II gas mask and if it would protect him from coronavirus. Kyle, it is like late at night and Kyle texts, it wasn't late. I don't know what time it was. Kyle texts me a (laughs) screenshot. Well, I meant later. Uh, Kyle texts me a screenshot of cnn and i'm like what like this is do you need me to know some important information and he circled at the bottom a tweet question from jesse and anderson cooper's freaking reading it on cnn it's so crazy now i to be fit to be clear i don't i didn't watch it i don't know if he actually read it or if it was it was just one of those like ticker tape things at the bottom that they just have oh was it on reddit was it posted on reddit the the original screenshot yeah 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 but it's, still, it's good so Lord. crazy i know he got retweeted by the president like a few months ago and now his <sighs> tweets are on cnn he's got some social media clout whether we like it or not no he has a lot he has a, he has a blue check mark and a lot of followers for sure he has his own personal thirst army <laughs> thirst army all right, enormous episode to get into so let's hop right into lisa and uzman I want to and... fucking throw up at the cigarettes. <laughs> the cigarettes in the hotel glassware. Clearly just... a non-smoking room also. Yeah, that's why the, he's, she's using a cup and not an ashtray. I didn't think I could hate her anymore. I mean, it was just a perfect preview for the entire conversation that happened after <laughs> it's her entire season the entire yeah. season preview it's, you could have lisa just shown the no smoking up. sign and then a cup of of <laughs> cigarette butts lisa summed up in one frame totally um i was really excited that uzman was really going to break up with her uh but just like ed and rose last week i knew it was too early in the season yeah but... too good to be true yeah, it's ten we're, days we're like in, halfway though. through this ten shit. days in. Yeah, I know we are. We're halfway through the season. We're ten days into Nigeria. It, it is incredible that it took ten days for Soja Boy to get this fed up, pissed off. Because yeah. Ed and Rose are on day two point five, right? Mean. For sure. Um, Usman just wanted to like smoke a smoke a joint in the car with his buddy Bobo. <laughs> What's the problem? He was gone for less than an hour. You know, I. I get that someone says, I'm just going to walk out my buddy and then they're gone for an hour is concerning, but her freaking out and saying that she was afraid and terrified when you have a full camera crew and in your locked room was ridiculous. Also, they're in the middle of nowhere. It's not like they're downtown or like in some densely populated area. Even if they were in Mogadishu, you have fucking six camera people with you whatever yeah you're not alone yeah i don't know it was ridiculous so 
Soja Boy, he just wanted to hang out with his buddy. He hadn't seen him in forever. He was gone less than an hour. Lisa he had said a lot she was of ranting. Take a nap. He had a long rant. That was a probably forty-five minutes of ranting about her. Uh, exactly. Lisa allegedly said she was going to take a nap too, which yeah, is right. like an hour is kind of like a reasonable amount of time to take a nap. It is a little strange. She didn't reply to her texts. Like, just say like. Maybe he just, he's so sick of fighting with her. He just knew he couldn't. My husband could send me a simple text that's like, hey, just, you know, smoking a joint with my buddy, be back in a bit. And I'd be like, okay, Which cool, he would, but. No, you wouldn't because he would never do that. <laughs> Your husband would never send you that text. Your husband's <laughs> never smoked weed in his life. Come on. Oh, absolutely. He has. He has? Yes. Okay. All right. Anyway, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so. Uh, but Lisa claims she's terrified. That was irritating. I mean, whatever. He promised never to leave me alone. He gets back and then he, he, I think is mentally prepared since he's been ranting to his, to Bobo for the last 50 minutes. He has his thoughts collected to fight back here, which is great. Yeah. He, you know, you are not, you are not a God. Um, He's obviously had enough of her shit, finally. And I, I just love all the things he says in this conversation. He's he's not rude. He's not overly angry. He, it's not like he explodes and he's getting scary or anything. He says all the stuff that we've been thinking. It, you've been here 10 days. I've last, I've lost track of how many times I've said I'm sorry. Yesterday was a problem. Today was a problem. Tomorrow is 100% going to be a problem. And at what point does this not become worth it anymore? How how can I be wrong all the time? All the 100% of the time, it is me that is wrong. And her response, Kim, well, let's not be a drama queen. Well, let's not be a drama queen. Oh, my God. Pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, like the, says the person that just explained that they were terrified because he was gone for a couple minutes. Let's not be a drama queen. So ridiculous. Yeah. And I loved it when he was like, I apologize to you morning, noon, and night. Like, how much can I actually apologize to you and have it be reasonable? Better and to have live in we prison. Seen Lisa, <laughs> yeah. Have we seen Lisa ever apologize to him? Like, I'm sorry I've been dramatic. I'm sorry that I'm shitting on everything about your home country. And I'm she still didn't apologize. Constantly. No, she, she never apologized once for anything. She just said, "That's not the man I fell. That's not the man I fell in love with." And Ugh. my favorite part of this was when she said, "Well, let's not be a drama queen." And then the producers do a supercut of her being a completely crazy person <laughs> for this entire season. That was fucking great. That was a great. Troll. It was great. My favorite line was, "You are not a god." Because, you know, as we kind of talked a little bit about last week, she really, Lisa really does have this superiority complex. And we see it every time she complains about the bucket in the freaking shower and the box spring on the bed and, you know, how she's not impressed with anything. She doesn't like the food. She doesn't like his friends. Lisa literally hasn't liked a single thing about Nigeria. And that's just when somebody comes to visit you and you plan all these activities and to show them all these things and the person just complains the whole time. You do not want that per you want that person to go away like pretty much immediately. It's that's that's being it's not such attractive. a shitty visitor. No. Yeah. And at the end of this conversation when he leaves, it's it's hard to tell 
if she's mad or sad for a minute because you can see that the gears are turning in her head about what she should not really what she feels or not really even considering anything that he actually said but more well what am i going to say to the camera now and, and i know because and the she's only thing she said options. yeah she, she's she's weighing her options. You're right. And then she says, that's not the man. I, that's not the man I fell in love with. And that's it. Which is a neutral statement. It doesn't put her in a vulnerable situation. She's trying to decide, do I just break up with him and get ahead of this? Or and do I risk looking stupid and vulnerable and risk him breaking up with me? That's the decision she's trying to make in her head. Totally. Yeah, you're right. And so in the next fun. scene... He's, he leaves, you know, right? And yeah, he, comes he leaves. back at like 2 a.m.? He leaves. He comes back at 2 a.m. And I don't know. They show Lisa all mopey and sad. And there's play, they're playing sad music. And I'm just thinking, are we fucking supposed to feel bad for her or something? Come on, guys. It's, just... I, it's yeah, not, not going to work. I love that Usman comes back in and just like sits in that living area, like in their chalet. He won't even talk to her. Starts I just went, they were probably up until 6 a.m. Like, this is an all-night yeah. ordeal. And I don't know. He, I loved his ITM where Usman is saying, his in-the-moment interview where he's saying, like, in person, you know, she's just way more intense than I was expecting. Like, I knew she was intense on the phone, but I thought once we were in person together, she would chill out a bit. Which I'm he like, thought that he could, that? he thought, legitimately thought that he could digmatize her a little bit. <laughs> didn't He's work like, maybe maybe once you know i give her i get sorry once she has some orgasms you know maybe she'll, <laughs> chill she'll the fuck like out that. didn't work yeah. at all no nope. nobody's perfect make up your mind and make it quick okay that's the way to advance a relationship that's that's a great strategy what I thought was most interesting about the scene, though, was that um, Usman's very upfront about his goals. Like he says, like, I I thought I had a fantastic opportunity to go to the United States, but it actually, you know, weighing my options now, it seems like it might not be worth it. Like this might be too much of a sacrifice. So he actually describes the relationship as a sacrifice and he's very upfront about it. Yeah. He really like admits to the transactional nature of their relationship. And I thought that was fascinating. Also, he points out, he tacitly acknowledges that their relationship is essentially abusive. And and he says out loud, well, if things are this bad now in Nigeria, where everyone expects me to have the pants on and, you know, local customs, traditions, religious values, everything is pointing toward me being in charge and you are still treating me like this, what's going to happen if I get to America? And he's essentially like predicting that he's going to be in an abusive relationship with her. This was fascinating. Like Usman's really thinking through this in the right way. He's like, he's, he says, he astutely says, if this is bad in Nigeria, what's it going to be like when I'm on your turf? I have no friends, no family, no one to help me. He knows that he's going to be isolated and he knows it's going to be a really bad situation. And she has no response other than to say, you're very insecure about this relationship. 
Which no empathy, is no not affection. Even, it's, it's not a real response. It's it's like she wasn't listening to him at all. So she says you're very insecure, and I'm just thinking, well, you're gaslighting worse than Tom. And by the way, again, pot calling the kettle black, you can't handle another woman looking at him. And he's a musician. So who are you to say anything about insecurity? Yeah. I it's so crazy. She it's in one ear out the other. I think that she has I mean I'm worried that we say this about too many people, but I really think that she has a narcissistic tendencies too. It's just fascinating that she doesn't try to comfort him at all. She doesn't no, try she has and really no like empathy. No empathy. Zero yeah. empathy. She, she's in, incapable of admitting that she has done anything wrong. <clears throat> this entire time, she's never apologized. No. She, the only thing that she admits at all, the only bone she throws is that uh, my behavior is, she doesn't even say erratic. She says something else, erratically. My my behavior is erratic-y or something and then because she's tired and she hasn't slept right. at all since because she's, of a, she's in a foreign country because and, and then a five-hour time difference what? but you've been there for two weeks shut up it's one day <laughs> for every on. hour time difference it is you should be just fine by now give me a break yeah. and then she tries to and then finally at the end she tries to minimize this whole argument and minimize all of his feelings by saying this is a small thing let's move on let's close this it was insane how quickly they just like made up out of nowhere they there was no resolution it was just like all of a sudden they were making up making out and it they was do this all again. the time they do this all the time where there's a big fight and they have this very small resolution that they've come to that's not a real resolution and then all of a sudden they're making out and it's done. I think you're totally right that this fight probably lasted till six in the morning and we didn't get any of the of the working on it part. We got the fight and then the make out, which I guess for TV, yeah. I guess that's all we what really need. We've come to expect, uh, you know, from TV. But still, it's it's sometimes it's frustrating to watch. Listeners, what interesting and crazy times we are living in. Now, more than ever, you may be dealing with stress and anxiety, and you may be feeling a real need to talk to someone about it. Maybe you're dealing with issues you've been wanting to resolve for years, or maybe you're dealing with depression and anxiety that has recently sprung up. It's possible you'd love to talk to a counselor, but you're just not sure how to actually go about finding a counselor. Enter BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers affordable, convenient counseling via text, chat, phone, or video. No, you don't have to leave your house. If you're really needing counseling right now, you don't have to go anywhere to get help. BetterHelp is there for you. I used to go to counseling in person, but I found it really overwhelming just trying to drive across town to get to my counselor's office, scheduling appointments with her weeks in advance, and I'm just so busy, I ended up not being able to go most of the time. Right now, more than ever, people are really looking for ways to telecommute to all appointments, and that includes counseling. With BetterHelp, you can connect with a professional counselor in a safe environment and communicate how it's easiest for you by text, video, chat, or phone. You can talk with licensed professional counselors who specialize in issues like depression, stress, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, and more. Everything is safe and secure. 
BetterHelp allows you to get help at your own pace and at your own time. You can start communicating in under 24 hours with BetterHelp. That's right. If you need help right away, you can get started right away. No waiting days or weeks or months for appointments. BetterHelp is a truly affordable option. And for 90 Day Fiance Cray Cray listeners, get 10% off your first month with discount code Cray Cray. Go to betterhelp.com slash Cray Cray. Simply fill out a questionnaire and help them assess your needs and they will match you with the perfect counselor for you. That's betterhelp.com slash Cray Cray. You can get 10% off your first month with discount code Cray Cray. Go to betterhelp.com slash Cray Cray today. Can we move on to Ed and Rose? Because I feel like this is going to take several hours to get through. Okay. Let me take a drink. We're on day three. I mean, kind of day 2.5. I just want to make sure everybody is still just placing this in time on the spectrum of the time scale that we have since we're on day 10 with Soja Boy and Lisa. We're on day 2.5. Ed? is a fake nice guy. He's like, oh, you're my queen. Oh, I'm going to spoil you. But really, he's just controlling. He will never accept Rose is good enough for him. He's going to continue to use that creepy fucking voice that he uses to talk to her. Like, I don't want you to put on these pajamas and put on this bathrobe and go take a bath. Now, what do you call me? What do you call me? It's like, you don't ask to be called my king. You do Will not you please take a nice bath, a nice warm bath, and put on a robe and slippers. I'm your king. I'm your king, right? No. Who am it's like I? When, when you're calling, I would like to made... order a bottle of your finest champagne. What do you think? I'm looking of... forward to my first kiss and more. What do you think Rose's knowledge of champagne? How deep do you think her knowledge of champagne is? I mean, I I mean, I would not be surprised if she's never had it. But um, well, don't forget, she's been at a hotel once, Kim, and there were boys there, so you never oh, know. Yeah, there were boys there. I just like I'm I'm quite happy with a ten dollar bottle of prosecco, and just I'm not. That's disgusting. What? It's tasty. Why Come do you on. want instant headache? It's awful. I love I love bubbly things. I love a bubbly rosé. I love a Prosecco. I'm into it. What I'm trying to say is that, like, I'm not trying to be mean about Rose. I'm just saying, given what we know about her lifestyle, I don't think that she's really a person that's going to appreciate a $200 bottle of champagne over a $50 bottle of champagne. Of course, sure. It's just and, him. It's just him showing off. He's peacocking. To be it's fair, so 99 percent of the human population wouldn't know the difference between exactly. a thirty dollar bottle and a three hundred dollar bottle. So this is, yeah, a hundred percent peacocking. This entire thing, I, I think, buying expensive bottles of champagne for her is literally foreplay for Ed. It it gives him a fucking half chub to spend money on her because he has such a savior complex. Again, it's him being a fake nice guy. Like he thinks because he's calling her my queen and telling her to take this bath and buying her $5 pajamas from the market, ordering the champagne that he's going to look good, but he's doing all of this to try and control her and get sex from her. And he's, 
he continuously throughout this episode questions if she's good enough for him. And it just makes me, it makes it feel like he is just using her and using her, but he's not really sure that he wants to give her what she's looking for, which is stability. In the most optimistic view of this, the the best way to look at this is that Ed is insanely insecure. He knows he has very little to offer except money. And so he is showering her with as much money as possible and just gifts and random stuff to show that he is worth marrying despite um, everything else. That's the, that's the rosiest view of it, right? But he's not really showering her with that many gifts. What is he's bought her literally like, I think those pajamas were like three fifty at the market. He told her to take a hot bath which doesn't cost anything. Sure. And then he bought the champagne. He literally hasn't really bought her anything. Well, he's he's being as cheap as possible about it. But I think in Ed's mind, just having a hotel room with air conditioning and a bottle of champagne and having to be able to take a bath in his head, he's like, yes, I'm fucking going to score with this bath that I'm that he, she's having. You know, I guess it's better than, a, better than a bucket. Ugh. It's just the power dynamic between them is That's so That's the worrisome. worst part of it. That's it's, the worst it's like, part of it. Yeah. It, it's hard to watch. It, it's been 28 years. Sorry, I'm using my Lisa voice. I can't do voices. It's been 28 years. <laughs> it's been said. 28 years. Um, That's five years before Rose was even conceived. So I just want to make sure we all understand. I was in elementary school when Ed last fucked before this. <laughs> Well, I, Rose, Rose's parents probably hadn't even met yet. She wasn't even alive. Rose hadn't been born f- for five years. <laughs> um, so the only time I laughed during their scenes was when he said, you're my queen. Who am I? And she's like, you're you queen? are your queen. You're, you are your queen. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It and was he was great. he was confused, but also angry. He wanted he wanted to be called king very clearly. <laughs> So we're going to go through it scene by scene here. Oh, so do, the we infant- do? Uh, yes, do we have to? Do we have do we have to traumatize so do we have to traumatize our audience? <laughs> I'm going to need some better help after this seriously. Um okay, we are the infamous foot massage. So while Rose is taking the bath that she has been demanded to take, he is just like ordering the champagne. He's like dancing around doing really weird moves. Um I don't have her temperature yet when it comes to romance. Like the only reason about... he's not full on jerking is because there's a camera crew right there. He says out of respect, I'm going to take it slow. And we find out that this isn't true. And I want to hypothesize a lot about what happened when the cameras left that night. And we will in a minute. Um, but Rose comes out of the bathroom and this is when it's just like, he basically pulls her robe open and sit your sit your little butt on the on the bed. And he's like, "Oh, you're wearing pajamas." I'm like, "Well, you better hope she was wearing freaking pajamas. Did you think you were going to open it and she'd be naked? There's a camera crew here, you gross pervert." What was that? Her face said it all she pretty much the terrified. entire time. She looked disgusted, terrified, shocked. She had Pikachu face for the entire scene. And, you know, the worst part about this by far to me 
is that he clearly intentionally plied her with liquor. That is the most disturbing thing about this entire scene. How often do we think that Rose drinks? Probably never. Probably not probably a lot. Never. Yeah. So she's probably has a tolerance about on my level, which means half a glass of champagne. She's toasted. And this is just really worrisome. Like he plops her down as soon as her robe comes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I like ex- half expected him to blow his load on her feet right there. I think I was, he probably did. It was so concerning. And then I, I don't know. Rose and Usman are just on the same plane at this scene, at this in this episode. They're both like, is this really worth it? Must reevaluate. But she looks terrified. The girl looks disgusted and terrified. It's it's Are you it's are you happy? Watch. Aren't you happy? <laughs> what how do you say kiss? <laughs> this place? She shows I want, her I want, cheek. I want to hold her. Cheek. I want to hold her and feel I want her to feel my love. What about on the lips? And then he basically forces her to give him a peck on the lips, which he describes as like awe inspiring, which is just. (sighs) It's the weirdest, most awkward, one sided, weird, like a quarter of a second peck. These platitudes that he's spitting out, they're just so fake. It's so hard to watch because they're so freaking fake. Like, stop it. Like, again, this is the fake nice guy thing that he's doing. And I don't know. So let's let's do the hard thing. Let's just speculate for a hot second. Like, what happens after the cameras leave? Because we leave during a foot massage, and we find out in the morning, to my dismay, that they have slept together. And I'm just like, given what we see from Rose's face the morning after, she looks hungover, and she looks disgusted, and then, you know, the last time that we see her, she's she she doesn't even want to kiss him. How did we go from that to, like, they banged? Like, how did this happen? Well, did you notice that there were not one but two bottles of champagne on the floor in the morning? I didn't. Yeah. Shit. God, that is so concerning. And I just wonder if he pressured her, too, like... Oh, you know, don't you want me to provide for Prince? This is total speculation on my part. Total speculation. Just hypothesizing. Like, do you want, you know, don't you want, like, stability for Prince? And I just wonder if he held anything over her head, like any promises that he was making, or if she was literally just drunk and just really drunk. Like, if I drink a whole bottle of champagne by myself, I would be, I'm going to, I would be unconscious, I think. I I think she was just wasted to I don't really even think that speculation it seemed pretty clear but according to Ed they made they made love Ugh. and it was awesome I he can't wait to do yeah. it again It's hard to believe that it was awesome <laughs> especially given her reaction in the morning like she's ed yeah. is insufferable in the morning he's like all chipper he's like waking you, her up are you awake Psst, are you awake my wife would punch me in the face to this day if he's i was like asking her questions yeah. at full volume i'm a morning person and even i wouldn't do that Ugh. i just my heart sank when he tells the camera that they made love i was like no no. Ugh. Well, then it, it uh, 
as if you didn't need more reasons to hate Ed. He's not into her hairy legs, Kim. I'm going to go on a quick <laughs> rant, okay? Please, please do. For those of you who don't, like, I, this is just, it's a fascinating history of, like, how we started shaving our legs as women. Like, during World War One, Gillette, the razor company, had a brilliant idea that, hey, we could sell razors to women. Because I think also there was, like, a shortage of silk stockings, which is what women did before they started shaving their legs. So women all across America succumbed to these marketing campaigns from Gillette that leg hair was all of a sudden disgusting and they should start shaving it. This is this is not a thing that women have been doing for centuries. It really only became widespread, I think, during like 20 or 30 years later, so maybe during like the 40s. So it, it this is... And thank a, God. To, no, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. And look, we can, we can, you can have your own personal opinions about whether leg hair is disgusting or not. Like, just like you can have your opinions about if you like tattoos or if you prefer piercings or no piercings, or you prefer long hair, or short hair or purple hair or whatever, like, you know, contoured makeup. Like there's lots of things that women and men do to beautify themselves that some people are partial to and others not like, that's totally fine. I mean, I shave my legs, um, but it's just Ed's approach that he makes her out to be this perfect human and that he worships her and she's his queen. But then immediately in the morning, he wants her to change something about her body that he finds disgusting. And it's just... Day 2.5. You're washing your hair with fucking mayonnaise. Like, you are not, you are not allowed to say what's disgusting and what's not. He didn't even Period. shower. He didn't even. He's wearing the same clothes that he was wearing around town that day. He hasn't even showered. No, he's perpetually sweaty as well. He puts like, mayo in his Some hair. Some people are just sweaty people. I get it. And but... he lied about how tall he was. And he wants to change Lies her on a... day two point five. Lied about wanting kids too. Not that that's like a physical attribute, but just like saying, like, I want to remind everybody, just shit person he is, that he is also lied to her about really important life choices. So yeah. just bringing that back up. I just like, it's Lake so off Like hair's not feminine. It's growth. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> Kim is so mad right now. I'm she can't, so mad. I can barely speak. Like she can't even look at me. I think that <laughs> she hates men just by proxy in general right now. I don't. I'm not a man hater. <laughs> I just like, I hate this. I just hate this proclamation. Like there's also a nice way to say it. Like if you know, I have, I have female friends that don't like their husband's mustaches or beards. I don't understand <gasps> these women, but I ha I know these women again. I do not condone this, but you know, they have asked them in a polite way. Like, could you like, I just don't like your beard. It hurts, you know, my face when you make out with me or whatever. And they're, they try to like soften the blow. He just comes out and like guns blazing, like your leg hair is disgusting. Go into the bathroom now and shave it. And it's just very nice. This is yeah. And then he comes out and is like, if he oh, has, a... I I see what I like. Yeah. And it's just so gross. If he has a personal preference, which I think most people, most men probably do, 
right? I think the overwhelming majority of American men prefer women to have shaved legs. But that's your personal preference. And it's fine to state that. But really on day 2.5 after you woke up for the first time after having sex and you have misrepresented yourself massively, uh, it's just... it's. It's fucking savage to me. It's so bizarre. <laughs> and he even gives her shit again. Like this is the this is STD test two point She's like, "Well, you shave. I'll I'll shave my legs if you shave your beard." And he pauses, and I'm like, "Again, you're asking her to do something that you don't want to do yourself." It just I cannot if, with this guy. At least he does it this time. <laughs> I know. At least he fucking does it anyway. I'm just like I, I yeah. Blech, blech. No, 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 no. It's so gross. It's so gross. Um, can we move on? <laughs> can we? Yeah. I don't know that I can take much more of Ed. Um, I, oh, gosh. Darcy and Tom. <laughs> I'm like, what's more fun? <laughs> well, Where this, can we go next? <laughs> this isn't necessarily fun, but it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and at least this is, this is, uh, the end of something that should have ended a long time ago. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate, we are going to shit on Tom right now, but I also do feel really bad for him. Both of Tom's parents have COVID-19 and I just, we wish them the best. We wish Tom's family health and happiness. And um, I'm sorry, but we still have to review your. And here's why you're a complete piece of shit. (laughs) So this is Tom gaslighting Darcy because he's decided that he wants to bang a new girl, but he puts all the blame on their failed relationship to Darcy, even though he ghosted her like two months ago. It's infuriating. It starts off really, really weird where, you know, she, she clearly is uncomfortable, doesn't want to give him a hug that throws him off immediately. I think he was assuming he would get desperate Darcy you yeah. know and and so i'm watching this and i'm thinking if tom if this was a normal situation which it's just not automatically because of the cameras but if tom was a normal person he would immediately after the first 3 seconds i think he would be like well i guess we're broken up now uh have a nice life i'm sorry to drag you here this was a stupid and selfish idea. Goodbye. Let me validate your parking and get your coffee. Uh, adios. Because after two seconds, you can tell that Darcy is fucking done. And <laughs> he, but he, he can't, he can't leave without getting the last word. And it's so infuriating to watch. Darcy looked good too. I have to say that like, she looked less swollen. Her skin was really glowy. Like, she was wearing sunglasses inside, which is just never a good choice. But I, I mean, overall, I thought she looked good. Her her boobs are very increased in size since the last season, still, and they're they're out for display. But I I liked her outfit, and I thought she looked great. It's also worth mentioning. Darcy that- always looks the best when she's about to get dumped. <laughs> it's so true. She looked amazing when she went to New York to meet Jesse. Oh my God. I forgot about that. She did. Yeah. It's so funny too, because two of our Patreon members saw Tom literally just before this scene was filmed. He came they were from in Toronto, Toronto at yeah. a meet and greet and they saw him like probably the day before this happened. 
And it's just it's just funny to think about. Also, Darcy mentioned that she and Stacy went to Malta for their birthday just before this was filmed as well. And like, I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get to see that. Yeah. I I, I, you know, if Tom would have come, we would have for sure seen it. That's <laughs> so true. Or Florian. Um, so I don't know. Tom annoyed me from the get go. He's like, oh, I didn't sleep last night. I was anxious. I'm like, what are you anxious about? You didn't even have an agenda. Like you weren't planning to ask her to get back together. You weren't planning on breaking up with her. I mean, we now know that you're in a completely new relationship. So what is even the point of this entire meeting? Like, why did you ask Darcy to meet you? I think he was nervous that he would look like an asshole on TV and he did. But what was the point of him asking her to meet him? Money. He Thirst. just wanted to be on TV. He's thirsty as fuck, man. He, he just, just wants had to, no he agenda. Wants, which, let's be clear, I, I think the same applies for Darcy. Oh, yeah. She and had, I'm here for it. She had to know, bef- before we get back to shitting on Tom, I would like to say, Darcy had to know what this was going to be about. <laughs> yeah, she You did. know, it's she not did. like... It's not like there was an open-ended filming schedule where, <laughs> who knows, maybe we'll get back together and then we'll be gallivanting around New York, going on romantic dates, and you're going to film us for six weeks. A fucking of course not. She knew that this was a one-time meeting. They had no production crew lined up to follow them around New York on their romantic bang trip that was going to ensue <laughs> after this coffee meeting. So, you know... I feel bad. I do. I do believe that Darcy is a genuine person with regard to her feelings about this. I think that this was real in terms of Darcy's emotional pain here, but I don't believe for a second that she didn't know exactly what was, what was about to happen. Right. And she, she was clearly emotionally prepared. She, she did a great job. She really did. Her performance was spot on. Because she was emotionally prepared for it, mm-hmm. you know, and you did say yeah. you were going to call, but you know, I just waited the whole day. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for fitting so me funny. into your schedule. <laughs> the birthday bitterness. Here's, here's my question for you, Kyle, who had the better burn? There was Darcy when she arrived, deferred the hug. I don't feel comfortable, which was hilarious and has been teased all season. And then there was Tom when Darcy's like, well, thank you for fitting me into your schedule. You know, even if it's just for lunch. And he's like, well, it's not lunch. It's, it's coffee. <laughs> Savage burn. Brutal. Which one do you think was better? Uh, I mean, I don't count the I'm not comfortable as a, as a burn. I just think that's objective fact. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it, it probably subverted his expectations, but... The, the coffee thing was definitely a more of a burn because at that point you could tell that he had transitioned from I'm going to try to let her down gently to now I'm going to save face. And the unfortunate part about this entire scene is that when he transitions to obviously this isn't going to work, nothing's going to happen here, he doesn't do he doesn't do it in a gracious way at all he Mm -hmm. which darcy really does at the beginning darcy's very snarky and if i was tom that would probably be annoying but he deserves it so whatever 
But the second half, Darcy is, I have nothing bad to say about her. She did, she was phenomenal in how she comported herself. And Tom just got into the gutter out of nowhere. And if you had asked me if is Tom capable of doing that beforehand, I would have said sure. But I honestly wouldn't have thought that he would have done it because I feel like he should know better. I feel like he it should seemed a know little out of character from what we've seen thus far. I'm not sure if it's out of character because I do think he was an asshole, but I just felt like he was more media savvy than that. That's, that's what I mean. I feel like he, he's, he was an asshole before, but it was in a more. It, it was a like posh said, asshole. <laughs> yeah. He was a posh asshole. And this one, I just feel like he went, he was fighting dirty. He went and I really just, we low. We haven't seen that before. Yeah, yeah. It was a low blow. Like, first of all, was Tom going to even tell Darcy about his girl? Because she's the one that had to bring it up. And then he no, admitted she totally, it. Yeah. She had to so, rip it out of him. So yeah. how was this meeting going to end if Darcy hadn't known about this girl? It's just, it had to have been contrived beforehand. I mean, but then he just, kind of gas he really gaslights Darcy not kind of he's like this new woman she loves me the way I want to be loved you just weren't able to love me that way like what does that mean what and where was this conversation two months ago like didn't didn't you just new woman didn't they they met three weeks ago so he's he's already in love with her after three weeks I didn't think Tom fell in love that quick with anyone he just wants to see where it goes it's ridiculous, but I, I just, when, why can't he just admit that he was never really that into Darcy? No, he loved her. Kyle, he loved her. If he's capable of falling in love with this, this woman in three weeks, he would have been capable of falling in love with Darcy in that amount of time, but he didn't because he just wasn't that into her and he wanted to be on TV. Kyle, he loves her like his sister. <laughs> Why, dude? Can't you, uh, it's so Everybody, crazy like, that he said that. Gasps. <laughs> it's so crazy that he said that that I almost believe it's not real. It's I just I didn't know British people said shit like that, Kim. <laughs> Darcy says what everybody's thinking, which is hysterical, which is yeah. like, I wish she would have told me that before we banged. Like, it would have been good to know. Yeah. It's really creepy now. And then the maybe the most confusing thing in this entire exchange was when Tom said, I wish I could have loved you the way that Jesse did. That didn't make any sense. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means at all. Nobody wants to be loved the way that Jesse loved Darcy. No one. Now, I, I completely believe that Darcy was insufferable about Jesse when they were together. I completely. Oh, I completely believe that she never shut up about him and couldn't stop bringing him up. That does not excuse any of the things that he said here and all, and it doesn't explain this really strange comment uh, or, or even that I love you like my sister. That's what the <laughs> fuck dude. <laughs> then Tom says, well, there's three really offensive things that happen next. Tom tells Darcy not to ruin the next one, which is just dumb. Then he lets her pay for his coffee. 
And then I have this in like 72 point writing <laughs> in my notes. Have you put weight on? What? He's going to get fed to Carol Baskin's tigers if he keeps that shit up, man. <laughs> he, he, and wait. again, I watched this. This does not excuse the comment, but I did watch this several times. And right. it is possible that it was edited out of context. The way that it's cut, the way that it the camera moves from Darcy's face to Tom's face. It's possible that there was... I think that there was more conversation before this comment was made and we just didn't get to see it. That still doesn't make the comment. Okay. But like I'm maybe, really, really maybe curious. she said, maybe she said something fucked up about his appearance and totally. they cut that, but left. Yeah. Left his retort in. I would totally buy that. They did that. I still, I still find it really hard to believe that he said that with a full camera crew there on 90 day fiance. And I don't know what he expected. So today he posted a, a full mea, apology, a full apology, mea culpa about, you know, shouldn't have said that I was just, you know, basically said I was disappointed in myself and shouldn't have said that. And I'm sorry. I was surprised because he did totally own up to it, um, which was interesting, but um, he didn't, he didn't come at TLC for editing no. it weird. So he, he said like, even though it, he did mention it was edited out of context, that was his claim. But he still was like, it's never appropriate to say something like that. So I own up to it. Anyway, we hope your parents are recovering, Tom. We really do. Yes, let's talk about Stephanie and Erica. Um, Let's talk about the dinner. Um, This was, uh, if they're acting, this was pretty good. I know. That's my main question for you is, was this fight staged? was this whole argument staged, but I think like, yeah, Erica's got to be a really good actress if it was. And they're both, they're both just such beautiful women, like independently. I just don't feel any connection, any romantic connection between them. And I don't know if that's just like a miscalculation that they felt it on the internet and they were all pumped about each other. And then just in person, the spark wasn't there, but I just, do you feel any romantic connection between them? I don't and I think it's I think it's simply because Steph is so much in her own head. That could um, be. She's in her own head about so she's not letting things play out naturally. She's not allowing herself to have a good time. That doesn't mean she has to uh go places sexually that she's not comfortable with at all. But at the same time, I almost feel like she has come to Australia. <laughs> she's come to Australia as if she's never going to be able to come back ever again. And I must pour my entire heart and life and soul out in these next two weeks. And I have to tell Erica everything about me and I have to uh, lure her in somehow. And if she had just gone and resolved to have a good fucking time, and not not forced herself to try to make the decision if I'm going to like marry her one day, I think this would have worked out way better. And- what did you think about Erica's um, statement about, well, well, I guess, sorry, let's start out with the gift. So then Stephanie buys this like Grecian tiara thing for Erica, but then the big conversation at dinner 
is about the dating app. So what I wrote you... down when she gave her that that tiara or whatever that thing is. I wrote down Stephanie is super insecure. She she hides behind gifts and being cutesy and 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 her humor. And it turns out that when Erica called her out on that gift, I think that was crushing to her because it's completely true. I don't think she was explicitly trying to control her with with presence, but it was clearly to to in in not comparing Stephanie to Rose or to, sorry to uh, Ed, but Ed showers her with gifts or or actions and foot rubs and whatever else he's fucking doing because he knows he doesn't have a lot to offer. I think Stephanie has a lot to offer, but she's very insecure about it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really bizarre that after knowing someone for two days, you'd be like, I saw you have an app on your phone and I want you to delete it now. The whole app thing is, yeah. Um, again, bad timing, not allowing yourself to just relax and have fun. You know, with with like Ed and Rose in Ed's head, he's proposing and he's getting a wife out of this shit. Stephanie hasn't really gone that far. She, th- there's not a lot to lose here. You're you're going to have a good time. You're you're going to meet someone and see if they're a good match. They're on day two again. <laughs> Why does this conversation have to happen now? And. It's like when I take my wife out to a romantic dinner, I don't bring up horrifying <laughs> merit, marital problems that we need to address. Like that's for Tuesday night when you're in your sweatpants. You know what I mean? Yeah. This and, is the first Eric- time they've ever gone out on a dinner date, apparently. And, and delete the app. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And Erica even says she's like, I use it for business networking. I'm a photographer. Which, which I've seen many people validate that that is a legitimate use for that app. It, it's she, kind of like two apps in one or something. Yeah, and she deletes it on the spot. And previously, Stephanie asks, prior to asking her to delete it, Stephanie's like, have you been seeing anybody else? And Erica says, no. For me, that should have been the end of the conversation. There, I have tons of apps on my phone that I don't use. It's very possible that Erica hasn't even opened that freaking app. And like you know, six months. Like it's just the, I don't look, I I, have been married a while, so I don't know how it works with dating apps, especially because I never, I didn't get to use them that much because I met my husband before they became popular. But is it possible that you just like have Tinder on your phone and then you meet someone and you're still in the third or four month of dating and you just haven't deleted it yet? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Sure. Maybe she hasn't even thought about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I also am a little bit too old to know. I mean, I've used dating apps after my divorce, but I mean, you know me. I I think it's completely savage to even have pictures of your ex on your Facebook when you're dating someone. (laughs) So I may be on like one extreme of this, but there is a, a vast difference between just casually dating someone and you're exclusive. Right. And, and we don't, 
it they they certainly imply that they're ex- that that they're they're exclusive and that they're not supposed to be dating anyone else. Stephanie certainly believes that yeah. it would be fucked up if she was with someone else. So I don't think it's a huge leap to say you shouldn't have dating apps on your phone. But at the same time, she, I think Erica provides a reasonable explanation and asks her. You know, and she well, she doesn't really ask her. She just states, "If you don't have faith in me, this isn't going to work." Yeah, which is a totally fair statement. Like I've already said that I haven't been seeing anybody else since I've, you know, since we've been dating exclusively. And if you don't trust me, then this isn't going to work because you live like twenty thousand miles away. So I don't know. She needs to learn how to ask leading questions. She needs to watch <laughs> some Law and Order. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if it, all that she would have had to say. For, for again, day fucking two. If she had just said, "Listen, I, I just want to get something off my chest. It's just a question. I want to make sure before, you know, I really invest my heart into this any further. Can I just, can I just put it out there? Like, are we exclusive? Right. And that's it. That's it. That's all. You leave the app out of it. And if you, if she says yes, we are, but you can't trust her, that's your problem." And that's it, right? Until yeah. proven otherwise. What do you think about Erica's? Erica has two pretty great one-liners here. Everything makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, which is kind of a burn. And, and it's true, though. And then this one was particularly true. And given what you said about Stephanie's um, insecurity, buying me presents doesn't mean you get to control me. I was. I like, think it's Oof. one of the best things that has ever been said on this show. And it made me really happy. It made me like her so much. I that really she, like Erica. I do it made like me, her a lot. It made me just... Uh, we we haven't really seen much of her. You know, she's just kind of been teehee and, you know, which is understandable. You're just meeting someone you're in a relationship with. But this showed so much about her character and I really appreciated it. I, As I've said many times, I think it's really fucking stupid when you're flying to a first world country and you're bringing a bunch of random bullshit in your suitcase um, to give as presents, like buy that shit on Amazon and have it shipped to your hotel room when you're there. Um, the, the, the giving of gifts I think is cute, but Stephanie is clearly doing it for a reason. And I love that Erica called her out on it the way she did. I think Erica, it's just, there's so much gross stuff online. People saying like, Erica just wants attention. Look at the way she dresses and look at what she's, you know, the makeup and her hair. And I'm like, I don't really, she does not strike me her actions and her words as somebody who's like some attention, you know, looking by that logic, literally every person on this show wants attention. So I I don't even know. She's not ostentatious. She's not talking all the time trying to grab camera time for me erica's like a super down to earth very logical has great control over her emotions every time she speaks it seems well thought out i don't know i just have a really good impression of her stephanie Stephanie does not handle this well either well her crying is fake i'm sorry there were no tears i did not see i saw dry eyes is what i saw did I, did you see any real tears? It did not. This is not what a person yeah. looks like when they're crying and upset. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know what she looks like when she cries, but when she said, 
she really just showed me her true colors and I want to go home. Her true colors are that she will defend herself against yeah. allegations that she's not faithful to you on day two. And those are her true colors. Okay. It's bizarre. I'm not sure. Kyle, any last thoughts? I miss you, buddy. I this know, is like, so is this like week four now? I've lost track. It's a lot longer than I originally anticipated. Put it that yeah. way. Yeah, I think we're all in the same boat there. Yeah. Um, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody yeah. is hanging in there. Um, yeah. It has been an enormous week for our Patreon. So welcome everyone that is trying to find some entertainment right now. <laughs> we hope that uh, we're putting out enough stuff for you. We're we're continuing to plow through the season six archives, and we are going to. I don't know. We're gonna. I, we still have a couple episodes left of Tiger King to do for sure. We can't oh, do it all in one four, episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're still doing Tiger King, and then we'll go back to season five. Um, I'm sure some other show will go viral um, in between now and then. And uh, you know, we're just trying to pick up the viral shows as they come. Um, but yeah, we we put out a B sides every Thursday, and you can find those at Patreon.com/slash Reality Cray Cray. Also, have a link in the show notes. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for listening. Keep your head up and uh, stay safe and stay healthy. See you next week. Bye.